0: You open your Bibles please to Luke chapter 2. second chapter of the book of Luke, please. We're going to read verses one through 7. This is pretty much a, a summary of the Christmas story. It's just a very brief account of all that took place and why it took place. But Luke chapter 2 begin reading in verse number one. A mother found her husband standing over their newborn baby's crib. As she watched him looking down at their very first child, she saw in his face a mixture of emotions, disbelief, delight, amazement, enchantment, touched by this unusual display and the deep emotions it aroused, and with tears forming in her eyes, she slipped her arm around her husband. A penny for your thoughts she said it's a miracle he replied an absolute miracle i just can't believe anybody can make a crib like that for only 99.95 i don't know just my opinion but i think that guy's got his miracles mixed up <laughs> i mean it might be amazing to make a crib that way but the birth of the baby is what was the miracle But you know, that miracle kind of fades compared to the miracle that occurred in the story that I just read. Because the miracle that occurred in the story that I just read involved not just human activity, but it was deity that was involved as well. How would you define the word miracle? C. S. Lewis said, a miracle is an interference interference with nature by supernatural party, uh supernatural power. Uh, that may be true, but that doesn't really define the kind of miracle we're talking about here. Webster's first division definition. Webster's first definition is this an extraordinary event manifesting divine intervention in human affairs. But even by that definition, I would say that that's an understatement when trying to describe the story of Christmas as a miracle. Because the miracle that occurred at Christmas time, 2,000 years ago, was a miracle that involved God coming to earth in human form as a man. He was born of a human, a woman who was a virgin. That's a miracle. Uh, I don't. I don't under, It's a, it's a miracle that we can't understand. How how is it that God becomes a man? God is. The Bible says that He is God alone. He stands up here. We're down here. The two cannot interact on a common basis. We can never be what God is, and so the only way for God to be able to redeem us was for him to become what we were, which is a a human being. Christ never sinned, but he took upon himself our sin so that we could be made righteousness. We could gain his righteousness so we could stand and live in the presence of the sovereign God of eternity. Well, there are a number of miracles that occurred in the Christmas story. I mean, we could go through, we could spend months talking about the miracles that occurred. All the prophecies that were fulfilled. Uh, why did, why did they have to leave Nazareth and come to Bethlehem? Well, it was because the, they'd call for taxes. No, it was because the scripture had prophesied that Jesus would be born in Bethlehem. The tax the taxes were a means to an end, which was to get them into Bethlehem so that Jesus could be born there. Uh, Mary was a spouse to Joseph, but they were not yet married, and uh, she had a, she she was going to have a child. It's a miracle that she was pregnant without being married. There was nothing there of a human nature that caused that pregnancy, but God caused it. In her, a virgin. She had a. She was going to have a child. And then, um, and then the, the, the came to the inn. No room for them in the inn. You watch the kids. They do Christmas plays, and you got the innkeeper, and he's telling them there's no room. There's no nothing in Scripture talks about an innkeeper. It was just the place where they went to try to to find lodging. There was no room, and so they ended up in a in a in a cave, in a shelter, and Jesus was born in a manger. But this morning, we want to look at the messages of Christmas. Now, we often talk about the message of Christmas, and the message of Christmas is that Jesus came to this earth, became a man, so that he could die on the cross to provide the gift of salvation for each of us. And that is the overall message. We come to the end, we'll come back to that. But there were actually a series of messages that are found in the Christmas story. In fact, there were six of them. Six times that God gave a very specific message to people or groups of people. And uh, that in itself is a miracle. The fact that God would speak directly to people. And and, and when God spoke to these folks, it was different. Than when God speaks to us. Now God speaks to me, and I'm grateful for that. He speaks to me through His Word. He speaks to me through the work of the Holy Spirit in my heart. But I've never heard a a a a voice. I've never heard a sound coming from heaven where God told me certain things. I've never had an angel come to me and speak to me directly. God doesn't communicate to people by those means today, but he did in the 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 Christmas story in six different occasions. And so we're going to look at those this morning. The first one, we're going to take them in in chronological order. The first one is found in Luke chapter 1, beginning in verse number 5. If you'll turn there, please. Luke chapter 1, and verse number 5. And uh, if you'll follow along as I read. There was in the days of Herod, the king of Judea, a certain priest named Zacharias of the course of Abiah, and his wife was of the daughters of Aaron, and her name was Elizabeth. And they were both righteous before God, walking in all the commandments and ordinances of the Lord blameless. And they had no child because Elizabeth was barren, and they both were now well stricken in years. You know, it's, it's, uh, that's not an unusual thing. It happened many times in scripture. If you go back, look in the Old Testament, Sarah's wife, or Abraham's wife, Sarah, couldn't have a child until she got up, uh, uh, way beyond the years of childbearing. But the Lord moved in, in with them, and she, she had a child. Rebecca, Isaac's wife, the same thing happened. Rachel, Jacob's wife, the same thing happened. Hannah, who was the the mother of Samuel, the same thing happened. And here again, with Elizabeth, the wife of Zacharias, the Lord is saying to them that they're they're going to have a child. Verse 7 says they had no child because Elizabeth was barren, and they both were now well stricken in years. And it came to pass that while he executed the priest's office before God in the order of his course... According to the custom of the priest's office, his lot was to burn incense when he went into the temple of the Lord. And the whole multitude of the people were praying without at the time of incense. And there appeared unto him an angel of the Lord, standing on the right side of the altar of incense. The Bible says in verse number 12 that when Zacharias saw him, he was troubled and fear fell upon him. Now, I can understand that. Could you imagine an angel just suddenly appearing before you and saying, hey, I've got a message for you from God. What would your first reaction be? I don't, I don't think anybody here would have looked at him and said, well, I'm glad to see I was waiting on, on you. I was expecting this message. We would not respond that way because none of us are thinking that that's going to happen. And nor was Zacharias. And when the Lord came, The angel came and said, I've got a message for you from God. The Bible says he was troubled that the angel appeared, and he was fearful. That happened on many occasions in these messages that these people received. And and so verse 12, when Zacharias saw him, he was troubled, and fear fell upon him. But the angel said unto him, Fear not, Zacharias, for thy prayer is heard. And thy wife Elizabeth shall bear thee a son, and thou shalt call his name John. And thou shalt have joy and gladness, and many shall rejoice at his birth. For he shall be great in the sight of the Lord, and shall drink neither wine nor strong drink. And he shall be filled with the Holy Ghost, even from his mother's womb. And many of the children of Israel shall he turn to the Lord their God. And he shall go before him... The son of Zacharias and Elizabeth shall go before the Savior it's talking about. He shall go before him in the spirit and power of Elias to turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the just to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. Now most folks believe that the Old Testament prophets, that that that, that finished with Malachi. That was it. After Malachi's prophecy was written, uh, there was 400 years that passed. And Israel heard nothing from God. It was silent. 400 years passed. But now, Elizabeth and Zacharias are going to have a son. And his son's name is going to be John. And John is actually the last Old Testament prophet. If you look again at verse number 17, it says, He shall go before him in the spirit and power of Elias to turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the disobedient to the to the wisdom of the just to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. Well, if you go back to the book of Malachi, you don't need to turn there, but Malachi chapter 4, the last three verses of Malachi say this, Remember ye the law of Moses, my servant, which I commanded unto him, in Horeb, for all Israel, with the statutes and judgments. Behold, I will send you Elijah the prophet before the coming of the great and dreadful day of the Lord. And he shall turn the heart of the fathers to the children, and the heart of the children to their fathers, lest I come and smite the earth with a curse. The prophet John was a fulfillment, one fulfillment of that Old Testament prophecy. And he actually came to prophesy the coming of the Lord. He was born before Jesus was, and he was preaching that the, 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 uh, the Lord was gonna come. And, uh, and then as, as Jesus got older, he prophesied that they should listen to the, uh, uh, to the Son of God. If you go over to chapter one in verse 57, it tells about the birth of John the Baptist. We won't take time to look at that. But uh, but the message came from the angel Gabriel to Zacharias, who was a priest who understood clearly the meaning of the sacrifices. And, uh, and Israel received their communication from a prophet. And so this prophet, John the Baptist, was going to give this message that God intended for them to to get regarding the coming of the Messiah. The message to Zacharias was a message of remembrance. In fact, the name Zacharias means Jehovah remembers. So God was saying through this message to Zacharias, I have not forgotten about you. 400 years have passed, but he's saying, I have not forgotten about you. And the prophecy is still true, and this, your son, is going to prepare the way for the Messiah. The second message that we find that came to an individual is found also in Luke chapter 1, and it begins in verse number 26, and this is the message to Mary, the mother of the Lord Jesus. Notice beginning in verse 26, the Bible says, And in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God unto the city of Galilee, named Nazareth, to a virgin espoused to a man whose name was Joseph, of the house of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. And the angel came in unto her and said, Hail thou that art highly favored. The Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. And when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying, and cast in her mind what manner of salutation this should be. The angel said unto her, Fear not, Mary, for thou hast found favor with God. And behold, thou shalt conceive in thy womb, and shalt bring forth a son, and shalt call his name Jesus. He shall be great, and shall be called the Son of the Highest. And the Lord God shall give unto him the throne of his father David. And he shall reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there shall be no end. Then said Mary unto the angel, How shall this be, seeing I know not a man? And the angel answered and said unto her, The Holy Ghost shall come upon thee, and the power of the highest shall overshadow thee. Therefore also that holy thing which shall be born of thee shall be called the Son of God. And behold, um, and behold thy cousin Elizabeth, She hath also conceived a son in her old age, and this is the sixth month with her, who was called barren. For with God nothing shall be impossible. And Mary said, Behold the handmaid of the Lord, be it unto me according unto thy word. And the angel departed from her. So this message also came from the angel Gabriel. And he told her that she was going to have a child. Now there's nothing remarkable about that, except for the fact that she was not yet married. She was a spouse to Joseph, but she was not yet married. And all of a sudden, she finds out that she is going to have a baby. Well, how could that be? Well, the child was to be conceived by the Holy Ghost, and the child would be called Jesus. That's important. Jesus is the Greek word, Greek form of the Hebrew name Joshua which was a very common name in Israel. First man to bear that name was Moses' assistant, and his original name was Oshia. It's found in Numbers chapter 13 and verse 8. Moses changed it to Jehoshua, which means Jehovah is Savior, and that was found in Numbers chapter 13 and verse 16. It was later shortened to Joshua. Mary was to be the mother of the Jehovah Savior, the Messiah for whom Israel was looking. The message to Mary was a message of redemption. The message to Zacharias was a message of remembrance. Don't forget, God is still working in your lives. He's still on the throne. He's not, He's not forgotten about you. 400 years may have passed, but, but He's not done. And he has not forgotten you. Then he, then Mary gets the message. And, uh, and the message is, hey, the Messiah is coming. The one who is going to bring redemption. The third message that we find is found in Matthew chapter 1. If you'll turn there, please. Matthew chapter 1. And this is the message that comes to Mary's espoused husband, Joseph. And this message comes from an angel by means of a dream. So, Matthew chapter 1, beginning in verse 18. Now, the birth of Jesus Christ was on this wise. When, as his mother Mary was espoused to Joseph, before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Ghost. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man and not not willing to make her a public example, was minded to put her away privily. Now there's been a lot said about this situation. I mean, Joseph Joseph finds out that this woman that he has a spouse to be married to, they are not yet married, but he finds out that this woman who he is it was, it was engagement, but it was a little more than that. There was a commitment there beyond what we would call engagement but uh, but still the marriage had not been consummated and she's going to have a baby uh Joseph's first reaction was well we need to do something to take care of about this you know take care of it put her away so that so that there will not be any shame that comes upon her and uh, he would have been he would have been justifying and saying i'm not going to go through with my merit with our marriage i'm not going to do that uh, because those who were part of the, the people around, people, the public would have thought that she had been immoral. She had gotten involved in a, in a, in an immoral relationship. But, uh, but Joseph was kind of in a precarious situation. He, uh, he wasn't sure about what to do. In Jewish society, what was happening would have been a great scandal. And Jews, Jewish law would have allowed Joseph to declare their promise of marriage to be null and void. But in verse number 20, the Bible says, While he thought on these things, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a dream, saying, Joseph, thou son of David, fear not to take unto thee Mary thy wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Ghost, and she shall bring forth a son. And thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. Now all this was done that might be fulfilled, which was spoken of the Lord by the prophet, saying, Behold, a virgin shall be with child, and shall bring forth a son. They shall call his name Emmanuel, which being interpreted is God with us. Then Joseph, being raised from sleep, did as the angel of the Lord had bidden him, and took unto him his wife, and knew her not until she had brought forth her firstborn son. And he called his name Jesus. Now the angel's message to Joseph came in three parts. The first part was that he was encouraged to ignore the world's reaction. The angel said unto him, "Fear not." You know, any time the Lord speaks to us about something he wants us to do, our first reaction is often going to be fear but we ought to remember that the Bible says that we're to fear not. We don't need to be afraid of what God is doing in our lives. It doesn't matter the situation or the circumstances involved. There's nothing fearful about being in the center of God's will and doing what God wants us to do. And Moses, I'm sorry, Joseph had to learn that lesson. And so the angel said, don't be afraid. I know it it looks strange. I know things don't. Usually happen this way, but I can promise you that God is in control. He's the one doing this, and there's no need for you to be afraid. Ignore what the world thinks and do what God's telling you to do. Then he was informed that the child was conceived by the Holy Ghost and that his name would be called Jesus. And then he's told also that the baby would have a second name. And that second name is the name Emmanuel, which means God with us. So you have a message to Zacharias, which is one of remembrance. Don't, 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 don't assume that I've forgotten about you. I'm still, I'm still in control, and I'm still working in your life. That was a message for Israel of remembrance. The second one was a message of redemption uh, to Mary. The child that's going to be born to you is going to be the savior of the world. The third message was one of reassurance to Joseph so that he could go ahead and do what God intended for him to do. And then there's a fourth message that we are very familiar with and is often depicted in Christmas plays, that kind of thing. It's found back in the book of Luke again and chapter 2. Turn to Luke chapter 2 again, where we were earlier. And we'll look beginning in verse number eight. Luke chapter two and verse number eight. And there were in the same country shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo the angel of the Lord came and came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were sore afraid. Now this is this is interesting. The messages that have come so, so thus far, the first three that we saw, Zacharias, who was going to be the father of John the Baptist, who was going to prepare the way for the Messiah. The second message came to Mary, who was going to be the mother of the Messiah. Third message to Joseph, who was the father, human father of the Messiah. The fourth message comes for the first time to somebody who's not in not actually involved in what's going to take place. And that is to shepherds abiding in the field. Isn't that interesting that the Lord chose to reveal what was going to happen to shepherds first? That was the first, that's the first people that he he let know about it other than the three that were actually involved in what was going on. So they came to the shepherds And and we'll talk about why again in a moment. And and the Bible says that the shepherds were sore afraid. Verse number 10, And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring unto you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you. Ye shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. Now, why would the Lord speak to the shepherds? Well, it's most likely that these shepherds were temple shepherds whose job it was to raise lambs for the sacrifices. When the, when the priest went to make a sacrifice for the sins of the people, they had to have a lamb. and It had to be a lamb that was without blemish. And it was the means of paying, it represented the payment of sin, payment for the debt of sin for mankind. And, uh, and so the temple shepherds of all people, the shepherds that raised the lambs and had to make sure that they were fit for sacrifice, they of all people would have understood clearly exactly what this was all about. And so when the, the angel explained that the savior had been born, they would know that that person, that one who was born, was the Lamb of God who had been prophesied, who was going to come to take away the sins of the world. So this message, this fourth message, was the shepherds, first public public announcement that, that Jesus had come, the birth of the Son of God. And it was to them a message of revelation, a prophecy that Israel's been looking forward to, has been fulfilled. The the Son of God has come. Then the fifth message was to another group of people. And this is found back in Matthew chapter 2. So we're flipping back and forth a bit. But if you'll turn back to Matthew chapter 2. Beginning in verse number 1. Matthew chapter two, verse number one, it says, Now when Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, in the days of Herod the king, behold, there came wise men from the east to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he that is born king of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east and are come to worship him. When Herod the king had heard these things, he was troubled and all Jerusalem with it. So it's interesting, the wise men were not troubled, but this time it's Herod who was troubled. Because the message that had been had gone out was he was to be king of the Jews. And Herod Herod was a was a, a wicked king. He was a very insecure king and he was afraid of the possibility of this Messiah coming and, and becoming a threat to his throne. And uh, I think Pastor Ham mentioned earlier that he actually had some of his children killed to protect himself from someone who was going to to be a threat to his throne, and that was Herod. That's that's the way he was responding. But the message to these wise men came in the form of a star, and it's interesting. You, you know, we have this every Christmas. Somebody has this discussion about. The, the nativity scene, you know, they have, have shepherds there and, and then they have the wise men there. The wise men never came to see Jesus in the manger. It was later that they came and they brought unto him gifts. And, uh, but they brought the gifts because they understood who he was. He wasn't just a baby born in a manger. He was the one that was born to be king of the Jews. And they brought gifts unto him as royalty. They brought gifts unto him because they were worshiping the king. And uh, so the message of the Magi was a message of royalty. This this one who is born is of royal lineage. He's going to sit on the throne of David. He will be the king of the Jews. And then there's one last message that came, and this one's not usually included in the Christmas story, but to me it is one of the most wonderful stories in all of scripture. And it involves a man named Simeon. And it's found back in the book of Luke and chapter two. If you'll turn back to Luke one more time, please. Luke chapter two. And we're going to begin reading in verse number 25. Luke chapter two and verse twenty five, the Bible says, Behold there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon, and the same man was just and devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Ghost was upon him. And it was revealed unto him by the Holy Ghost. Now there's that's that's a little different. The, The the messages so far were revealed by angels or came by star. But in this case, It came by the Holy Ghost, the first mention of that kind of thing in the New Testament. It happened a few times in the Old Testament, but it was never like what we have. You understand that Old Testament believers did not have the presence of God with them all the time. That is a special privilege that is ours as believers. The Spirit of God comes to dwell within us. When he put our trust put our trust in Christ, and he's with with us always. And he's there to guide us and to give us give us understanding of scripture, to give us wisdom and direction. And uh and, and the Bible says that he that he intercedes for us uh in in ways that we don't understand. And that's a great blessing. That was not true of Old Testament believers. But in this situation, Simeon had the Lord, the Lord came and spoke to him through the Holy Ghost. Verse 26, it was revealed unto him by the Holy Ghost that he should not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. And he came by the Spirit into the temple. And when the parents brought in the child, Jesus, to do for him after the custom of the law, then took he him up in his arms and blessed God and said, Lord, now us, thou thy servant depart in peace according to thy word, for mine eyes have seen thy salvation, which thou hast prepared before the face of all people, a light to lighten the Gentiles and the glory of the people Israel. And Joseph and his mother marveled at the things which were spoken of him. And Simeon blessed them and said unto Mary his mother, Behold, this child is set. For the fall and rising again of many in Israel and for a sign which shall be spoken against. Yes, Lord shall pierce through thy own soul also that the thoughts of many hearts may be revealed. For Simeon, Simeon, this old man who was waiting for the consolation of Israel, who was waiting for Christ. He's getting old and he's about to die and he's thinking, boy, I sure would love to see the Lord. I would love to be aware of the fact that, that the Messiah had come. And, uh, and he was waiting for the revelation of the promised Messiah. And he was given a promise that he would not die before he saw the Lord's Christ. And he lived to see the fulfillment of that promise stating that in, uh, stating that he could now depart in peace. Verse 29, Lord, now let us thy servant depart in peace according to thy word. And the message that was given to Simeon, was a message of rest. You can depart in peace. Six times that the Lord spoke to either individuals or people. And what is the message of Christmas? Well, from these six things, we see first remembrance, God has not forgotten his people. Number two, redemption. He has sent a savior for all men. Reassurance. It doesn't matter what is happening in the world or whatever What others think? God is in control. He knows what he's doing, and we can trust him. Number four, revelation. Our sins have been covered by the blood of the Lamb of God. Number five, royalty. Our Savior, the King of kings and Lord of lords, has been born. And finally, rest. Because we have been redeemed, we can rest in the Lord. The future holds no fear for a redeemed saint of God. That's the message of 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 Christmas. Now, if we go back to Luke chapter two and, and verses one through seven, we can kind of wrap it up again in a bit of a, a summary, and that is all of that, all of that, all of those things: the the remembrance, the redemption, re- reassurance, revelation, royalty, and rest. All of those things are wrapped in wrapped up in one very concise expression when it says in John 3:16, "For God so loved the world. The message of Christmas is that God loves us and that He sent His Son to provide all of these things that, that, that we have talked about. Um, there was a teacher who had, had worked with this with her students in a, it, was a, it was a public school setting. it wasn't a Christian school. And they were doing a Christmas program and, uh, and the holiday program was entitled Christmas Love. And they got up to sing and they were going to sing a song that was entitled Christmas Love. And, um, and the kids were excited. They were adorned in fuzzy mittens and red sweaters and bright snow caps on their heads. And those who were in the front row on the platform all had, had signs that they were holding. And when the time came, because it spelled out the words, Christmas love. And as the, as the, they came to each of the letters, the kids were to turn their cards over and hold them up. And so they started doing that. C is for Christmas. And the girl at the very beginning held up the C. And then, uh, and then H is for happy. Next person held up the H. And so it went. It went on all, all the way down. And everything was great until the child, holding up the letter M, got it mixed up, and they messed up. And when they turned their letter over, it was a W instead of an M. And all the kids that were in the audience, you know, sitting there looking, they started snickering, you know, they thought that was so funny. And some of the adults were kind of chuckling. You know, kids make a, they mess up every now and then. And, uh, and the teacher was trying to get the kids to, to quiet down and, and that kind of thing. But it didn't matter. They they kept continuing to laugh until the last letter was raised. And then when the last letter was raised, everything got very quiet because they all saw what had happened. Instead of it saying Christmas love, the message spelled out Christ was love because it was changed to W. Christ was love. That's the message of Christmas. Christ came because he loved us. And because of that, we have, we have that, uh, uh, the fact that he's remembered who we are and the revelation of Christ as our savior and the reassurance that it doesn't matter what the world thinks. We can have that rest, that peace in our heart. And our God is the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. He is of the royal lineage of David because God loved us. And God help us to remember what Christmas is all about. It's, it's, it's not just a, a, a big celebration we have. It is the message that God has sent to us of His great love for man and that all He's done for us to redeem us and to allow us to rest in Him because of the gift that He has given us, the gift of His Son that provides salvation for all mankind, everyone who's willing to trust him. Let's stand together with heads by